little less and a little smoke. Welcome to Berlin. Wow, you are giving me some eye while yeah, you're saying Yeah, do you like it? I was <laughs> trying you. to give it up to both of you I guys. Was afra- I was sore afraid I had to look away. Uh, you were, I'm glad. I didn't want you to set me on fire with yes, those eyes and that sultry voice. That Cher did in burlesque, we're, but we're not there yet. Welcome to part three of Cher. We will be getting to burlesque today. We will be getting to how... Many times I watched that movie, and um, I'm really excited to jump into her. I, I don't even want to say Twilight Years. No, I think that I would she's rather call still it her going. Twilight Saga. Sure. <laughs> Whoa! How dare you? She is no Bella. Thank you, fucking very Wait, much. Which are you? Which one's better? <laughs> sure. Okay. Good. I thought you were saying. Bella. Oh, oh no, I, I, I apologize. No, no, I mean, no, she's more of an Alice. Or actually, you know what she is? She's a Rosalie. But we don't need to talk oh, yeah, about she's a Rosalie. Right oh, yeah. I will right. say, right. she did say she was pretty unhappy with how Burlesque came out, and that because of that, she did lay on the floor until she died. And yes. luckily, someone picked Just her up. Like in, yes, in the forest. In the forest. Oh, she, she went to the woods. Can you imagine Cher <laughs> ever in a forest? Never in her life, I'm going to throw it out there, has Cher ever been in, in a, a forest. forest? But I do believe if she did go, a man would somehow find her and pick her up and carry her. I up. would hope that they would. And why, again, are we hitting chapter three of Cher's life? It's because I love this quote about her is that Cher was famous for being famous decades before anybody knew what a Kardashian was. She has fluidly toyed with gender norms and sexual mores until they've looked stiflingly passe. And she's always been brazen about her hustle. And also, she's very good at using an emoji. She has been able Mm. to Mm -hmm. change who she is and what uh, what she shows of herself for decades. Love it. And Love to see it. And it's constantly changing. She doesn't even re- usually refer to it as a comeback because she doesn't think she's ever fucking gone anywhere, which is why it's she's so perfect in burlesque. My quote to start mm. this episode off was, I never think of the word comeback as a slap in the face. It's a challenge. Um, I just, God. Cher could be anything. And even as we were walking over here, Holden was like, you know, Cher's like a really good actress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I, mean, I think, but I know I'm that saying was, that not as a judgment. Yeah, yeah. It, it is burlesque for you to figure that out. Well, well because burlesque, uh, at the end of the day, that's the big, her biggest acting challenge, right? What Burlesque is uh, te- technically not a good script, right? I no. think we can agree on that. Everything, no. everything that holds no. it up is its cast, it's, it's, it's uh, uh, some of its musical numbers. The, the dancing's and great. And the dancing's pretty yes. fucking solid. And so. It's an actual good movie. That Everything. scene, that audition scene with Cher and Christina Aguilera is so cheesy oh and so God. badly written and Cher it sells it woo, so fucking so well. So that hard. was the moment I said, that woman right there is an actor. I just, I'm, I'm mad at the movie makers for making Christina Aguilera do that dance audition. Ugh. It's the it's the most like grating thing on a dancer watching this. Is it like this. a Julia Stiles yes, and Save, the, save last the Last Dance, dance moment <laughs> yeah. all the way. Do you want to describe the, uh, we're way jumping out of burlesque but do you want to describe this scene a little bit because we're kind of talking around it we are she's surrounded by incredible professional dancers and it's the worst and Kristen Bell's also stuck in this zone and I hate when they do this in movies Uh where they just make this actress be like she pretend like she's a dancer when she clearly isn't and then everybody goes oh 
She's amazing. Oh but I will say she's got the pipes yes, for it. Yes, my God, go, oh. she has the pipes. Yeah, she's, she's got the pipes in a burlesque show where nobody yeah. wants a singer. They want dancers. <laughs> they want dancers. But, I mean, is that even a burlesque show at the end of the day? I think no. that's the, the biggest crime against this film is it's called burlesque. And, and from what I know about burlesque, like nothing that's happening. It should have just been called The Pussycat Dolls because that's what it is. It's like a musical review, a sexy musical review. Yeah, it would review. be like me going into an opera and going, I don't want this singing. I'm going to show you my moves. <laughs> like, we don't need moves. We just see people who can sing. Go, no, no, no. I won't stop until I'm dancing. <laughs> so, dancing for you. We'll get back. I, I love how excited we are to talk about burlesque. I saw it last night. I loved it. We'll get to burlesque more so in just a second. But all that is to say, like, that real, I mean, I've seen her in so many things and been impressed with her in so many things. But for her to hold a scene up like that, in, in a movie like she that is, delightful is an incredible in it. It's an updated cabaret, I'm gonna say it. Is it? <laughs> All right, Is yes. it updated or they just took... They took Alan Cumming. They took Dan, Stanley Tucci's exact character uh, character from the Devil Wears Prada and yes. just put him in he a burlesque great. stage. He looked so really good. good though. <laughs> yeah, he looked great. Sorry, God. we have so many other things to talk about. Before <laughs> right. we talk about burlesque, we just are, I think that we all either watched it last night or this morning, so we're all just like, I'm titillated. I just love burlesque so it's much. It's great. I, I, but can I ask you guys this? Do you believe in life after love? Do you believe in life? So you know when what? We, I do. <coughs> no matter how hard I try, shit. you keep pushing me aside. Now do not attend. So when we last left off, Sunny had died. Cher contracted Epstein-Barr virus, which caused her chronic fatigue, and she ended up doing hair product commercials for her hairdresser friend Lori Davis, which made her the laughing stock of the country because in the early nineties. Because she wore 90s. wigs. Cher said, "There's nothing like an infomercial to slam dunk your ass." I had really fucked up. I, that's when I remember <laughs> knowing about her as a kid. Right. That's so weird. That's our introduction. Is this like campy, ridiculous figure in a lot of ways? But like, this is why, in growing up, I was so obsessed with the idea of Cher. But why was I so in love with her from a young age? It wasn't like I wasn't watching the Sonny and Cher show. I wasn't, I mean, as these things, Believe came out, and that's what really cemented. But at that age, I was 12. Yeah. It's just because Cher is such a presence got the of a human being. Yeah, and, and, and you know, but we knew it almost like Sonny and Cher. We knew it as like a parodied thing by that yes. point. It was like yeah. a comment on a thing on the thing, and, and so. But what I loved about all right, so I kind of had this mental connection. She's so good at taking shit from people, and and it, and it totally remind me of when Sonny and Cher were like down on their luck and doing the tour, traveling show, and all the hecklers were shitting on them, and she totally turned that and spun that into gold by making fun of the hecklers and making fun of Sonny and like actually building a whole career off of it. And again, she finds herself the laughing stock everyone's laughing at her and what does she do she turns around she digs deep and she responds with believe she this share became the oldest woman to have a number wow. one song at the age of 52 wow she had a yes. number one song in every generation that she has been performing yes. in. she loved to unbelievable and how many crazy how many generations too it's uh five 
Yeah, yeah the 60s, 50s, I mean, not the 50s, but the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and the oh Yeah, so I just a constant stream of amazing stuff, but this is such a different turn for her, this dance album. She did that one disco album. For the most part, she was more folk, a little bit of rock and roll, uh, but head of Warner Music uh, UK, Rob Dickens, wanted her to make another dance album that would appeal to her gay audience, but she wasn't into it at first, feeling the genre didn't have, quote, real songs. Still, Dickens approaches songwriter Brian... Yeah, I will survive. Come on, Cher. Yeah. We, uh, like, on. There's lots of... What are you talking about? Dickens approaches songwriter Brian Higgins, who gave him a tape of 16 songs, and the ninth song on that tape was Believe. And Dickens felt it would be great for Cher, especially the lyrics that connected to her very public, private life. So it really is like a a, renew, a song of like romantic renewal of like... And everybody knows she was, ooh, getting that mm, big drum come. Oh, yes. And even though she wasn't what? credited as... As a songwriter, Cher said she did contribute the lines, I need time to move on, Mm -hmm. I need love to be strong, I've had time to think it through, and maybe I'm too good for you, oh! According to Cher, she said that was great. Oh my God, Natalie, I felt that. Should we say we're all in the same room right now so we can do stuff like that? Yes, we can. We can actually sing together now. This is so nice. According to Cher, she said, I was singing this song in the bathtub, and it seemed to me the second verse was too whiny. It kind of pissed me off. So I changed it. I toughened it up a bit. Yeah, I, it should be noted, even though this was from a, uh, a dude named Brian Higgins, apparently, like, in general, like, like half the song wasn't really there until they took over and, and added a bunch of parts and everything. So it was, it was like, barely a song well, when they got it. Well, and it didn't have the auto-tune uh, originally. And auto-tune was just coming out. It's crazy to me that auto-tune really got, this is the first song that openly right? used auto-tune because it was created as a, you know, a little judge. Like a fixer. Yeah, it's a yeah. little fixer it was, it was from an, an Antares Auto-Tune, a recent software that had hit the market about a year before they recorded the song. And that the song made it so super popular, obviously, fundamental. I love it too because it's like, she was the precursor to mumble rap. She really was. <laughs> I mean, she's the mother of it. The mother of mumble rap. I love Cher. it because they even sometimes refer to the auto tune effect as the share effect. Hell yeah! Because of this song, and even the person that created auto tune said, "I didn't think anybody in their right mind would ever use that effect." To this extent, he didn't know that this was what auto tune was going to become, but really did. His name is Andy Hildebrand, and he couldn't have predicted the influence of Believe and its pioneering use of auto tune. That this time it wasn't a cosmetic cleanup tool, it's its own distinct stylistic effect and share loved it. And and it came from producers, uh, especially producer Mark Taylor. There was also another guy named Brian Rawling in London in 1998 that she met with. And Mark Taylor was actually worried she'd dislike what he did as, quote, basically it was the destruction of her voice. So I was really nervous about playing it to her. But she really took to the autotune touches so much so that actually the president of her record company didn't take to it. And she said to him, you can change that part of it over my dead body. Love she was it. definitely going to make sure she got it in. To Taylor, she said, don't let anyone touch this track or I'm going to rip your throat out. Yeah. <laughs> very intense. Very intense about, about a pop song. But that pop song <laughs> would go on to win share another Grammy for Best Dance Recording Album. And I, uh, th- we will discuss in this part of share of how this is where she gets technically her EGOT Kind of. Uh, I call it the EGOT loophole. I love EGOT loophole. With the share show. Um, Wait, so this what? Is, 
Another, oh, <laughs> sorry, I jumped ahead, but I just get excited. We were, we were discussing this before. I know before. what an EGOT is, but what's an EGOT loophole? So the EGOT Confused. loophole is the Cher show comes out on Broadway. It is three different actresses playing her, uh, and, and that got a bunch of Tonys, so it's like almost more baller than getting an EGOT, in my opinion. That's, that's what cool. the EGOT loophole is. I got it. <laughs> I just love Cher so much. I mean, is it weird to be like, hell yeah, I'm proud of you. I, everything oh. that I read about Cher, I'm just so proud Could of you this. Imagine like the have, balls. Could you imagine having a body of work so prolific and successful that literally you there has to be three actresses play you on in a in Can a like story of your life? Being blessed with three episodes of pop history about your life. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh. <laughs> what an honor. So so yes, uh, this this song's incredibly popular. I believe goes quadruple platinum. Uh, it sells 10 million copies worldwide. I mean, I remember when this song came out. It was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yes. And undeniable. And uh, after that success, she sings the Star Spangled Banner at the Super Bowl in 1999. She performs on the VH1 Divas Live 2 special, which is VH1's most watched program in the network's history. And we should absolutely do a pop history on just VH1 Divas. I love Because there's got to be stories VH1 there. Divas. And this is also at the so same time. <laughs> she put out another movie called Tea with Mussolini. So um, this was in 1999, and I love Tea with Mussolini. I feel like it is another one. I appreciated that the New York Times referred to it as, once you accept the notion that Tea with Mussolini aspires to be little more than a kind of British-Italian steel magnolias with a patina of World War II movie uplift, it becomes a pleasure to watch its stars shamelessly hamming it up. That line right there, why do you think I fucking loved it? It's amazing. It is it is Judy Dench, it's Joan Plowright, it's Cher, it's Lily Tomlin, and yes. it's, um, oh my God, what's her name? Tomlin, Tom no. Lily. Why isn't her name John in this? Tom Lily. Tom Cat Jones. Is that it's the name? It's Tom Cat Jones. That's who I was I referring to. She's always going, and um, T with this lady. It's her famous line. Um, Holden didn't even beg to write it in his notes. That's (laughs) how much. Jaggies is so insulted that I didn't include T with Mussolini in my share notes. Maggie Smith is who I was referring to. (laughs) Oh, not Tom Gadgets. I thought it was Tom Gadgets. Powerhouse women in one movie, and it's fucking great, and he didn't even put it in his notes. (laughs) Go watch T with Mussolini. Yes, it's difficult to find, but I do have it on DVD. Uh, (laughs) You can't can't find it. You can't get iTunes. I think it's on Peacock? So Man, we you can't watch I any did... share movies. Why are all the share movies going? I hate it. I yeah, why, more who, what fucking psychopath madman, because you know it was a man, to, removed yes. all of the share movies from any reasonable streaming I think Sonny did it from the grave. And oh. put it into voodoo. Oh. Like, we want Walmart on our streaming service. No. Oh. But what I will continue on saying with the New York Times review of Tea with Mussolini. They, no one can see, so it doesn't matter anyways, but go takes on. takes place in 1930s fascist Italy. I don't know why you're not excited about it. <laughs> what they said in it, and this is what's important. A big part of Cher's singing career was always her lavish costumes and lower key and ordinary characters to play. This film is an exception to that rule. In the semi-autobiographical story from director Franco Zeffirelli, Cher plays a highly glamorous and at times over-the-top socialite who assists a bunch of British women to care for a young boy whose mother has died. Cloaked in furs and expensive jewelry, she seems to be having fun bringing the glamorous Cher persona 
persona to a film role. Why are you laughing? Can can Fascist I Fascist Italy? Can I cloaked in furs? Can I borrow the DVD? No! Wow, it's I, too late. <laughs> yes, you can borrow the DVD. Thank you. Mussolini's great. If it's scratched up or whatever, just put toothpaste on it. So it's a big, oh, yeah, it's I a big it. move for her because she she gets to wear cloaks. <laughs> yes, she gets to wear, but also sweaters. she hasn't been on the movie screen in a minute, mm-hmm. and that is what um, it can. The review continues on and saying it's only after she appears that you realize how sorely she's been missed for movie screens. For Cher is a star. That is, she manages the movie star trick of being at once a character and at the same time never allowing you to forget. That's share. <laughs> so I, fantastic I her, film. I want her to do more movies. I hope she will. Yeah. I hope. I, I can only hope she does. Well, it depends on if, you know, what happens when the world opens back up and if she will continue to go on another farewell she tour. Had, Who knows? She I, I I didn't have the quote because it just depressed me, but she was like, I had multiple movies. Uh, in operation, in production or pre-production or whatever, I had like, uh, she. I think a memoir's on its way. Yes. That's going to be huge. But she had a ton of projects actually. In, we should, in, we like, should email her and tell her to cancel it because we just did these episodes. Yeah, yes. she probably doesn't need to release a memoir at this point. I mean, because you know we've already talked about it. Um, but but I will say uh, her next move's pretty baller as well. I just I like she is so fucking baller. Like her so her next album is written almost entirely by Cher herself after attending a songwriters conference in 1994. It's called Not Commercial, but it's not dot com dot commercial and had uh, and she had to release it on her own website. It's a dumb name. It's a dumb can, name. I think we can agree it dumb is name. a dumb name. The reason why it's baller is because her record label rejected it so she just put it out through her own website and was like I know this isn't gonna actually, it's literally called not commercial. I know it's not gonna make any waves but I just wanted to write an album myself and here it is and I think that's fucking badass. It is cool. Uh, and then her dance album follow up to Believe was Living Proof. That was her more commercial thing in 2001 which did pretty well. And this led to what she dubbed as the final live concert tour of her career called Living Proof, the Farewell Tour. Though she she said she would continue to make albums and films, just not tour anymore. She signed up for 59 tour dates for the album. How many tour dates did she actually end up doing? 325! Yes, 320. I have six, but... Bonkers. Um, She said... (laughs) She said, it's an artist's dream to have a career where you're continually drawing new people in, while hopefully keeping your longtime fans happy. But I'm certainly aware of the fact that it's a rare occurrence. I don't take for granted the fact that people still care about what I do on any level. I love her. So this is, she was going to, she made it into an international tour. Um, at, at the end of the 59 dates, she added 100 more dates on, and then she just kept adding more dates on. And she, then did a three-year uh, 200 performance residency after that? <laughs> yes. God. She said she would later sarcastically remark, I'm approaching 80, and if I did that thing everyone does, come back in five years, I'd be driving around in one of those carts, you know, the ones with the joysticks you see in Costco. There are two reasons people <laughs> I'd come- watch it. <laughs> there are two reasons people come back. Because, like the Stones, they're broke, again, <laughs> or they're old divas who can't wait to be out among their adoring fans. But this, this is truly it. Which it is not. And yes. so she. this is the concert that she filmed in Miami and then put the f- concert footage on NBC. It debuted to 17 million viewers and won her three primetime Emmy Awards for Outstanding Variety Music or Comedy Series, Outstanding Costumes for a Variety or Music Program, and Technical Direction as well. On the tour that she said 
is going to be the last. She's not doing it anymore. She's not going to be old, still doing it. And she is. I get it. I get okay, doing man. that to sell tickets, calling something a farewell tour. But I sure. just feel like all musicians and even and you actors. You can never believe Everyone it. just needs. Do you believe? Everyone just needs to yeah, stop, quote unquote, retire. You, you never retire from that's music. That's why I went to Shania Twain's concert. Yeah. I thought that was the last time that I was going to be able to see her. You'll never retire. You'll Remember just die. Remember when Stephen King retired? 20 years ago. Yes. Yeah. It's, 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 any, anybody generally that's an artist, like, I get it. It's all, I mean, you're going to sell so many more tickets if you call it a farewell tour, but, sure. But it is so just not a thing that actually happens. Like, no one ever just stops. You know what I mean? And I was like, I'm done singing songs. Yeah. Yes. You don't get into entertainment because you're well adjusted. Right. You do it because you need the applause and the attention. <laughs> the applause, applause. She applause. needs it. Cher needs it, and she's never going to stop needing it. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. But strip club? Honey, I should wash your mouth out with Jägermeister. <laughs> Do we finally get to talk about burlesque? Because I last night I watched it and threw up everything but my memories. Honey, and I, I, <laughs> everything but your memories <laughs> is what she yells at Kristen Bell. <laughs> I just, Please do yourself a flavor and watch Burlesque if you have not seen it. At least this one's easy to get. It is. It's yes. one of the only share movies that's easy Very to get. Very easy to get a hold of. <laughs> it is a crippling two hours long, though. I do feel like it should two. be it's one and a half hours. Long. Long. It's very long. There's no and reason for that. It is Cher's debut musical on screen because this was before Mamma Mia. But isn't that crazy? She's done all of these movies and none of them, I didn't even realize, none of them were musicals. This is the first time she's actually... Singing in one of her movies. Yeah. An interesting collection of songs in it. Yeah. I have mixed feelings about the songs that appear oh, in the movie. A little more. <laughs> oh, a little less. And she, that's always in my fucking she head. Li- she only did it because she just had never exactly what you said, sang in a movie, and she yeah. just wanted to finally like do that. And I think that's why she ended up later doing Mamma Mia. Uh, the Mamma Mia sequel because again it was like I think she was like oh yeah I should be I'm Cher I should definitely be singing in movies like and why the, have I not put the two together yet This the singing dancing parts are the most fun parts of the movie for mm-hmm. sure I want, I'll want i watch those people dance all day and then give me all the costumes give me every single one of them I, I was thinking about this last night because I was like technically this is I guess I don't even know how to speak towards it because I enjoyed it but it's technically wasn't a big smash hit and, it, and it's no. not looked at I mean they even did let's for example they did an episode of How Did This Get Made about it. The very right? first episode ever. It makes yeah. me How sad. Did this get made. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, funny. And Cher also doesn't like the movie, and that makes me but, sad. But that's said, not a good movie. But that said, I was watching it last night. I was like, I would rather watch this movie over like so many Oscar nominated films that are. A, a challenge like you know sure like, it's fun to watch it's just a fun I, like if anybody was like do you want to watch burlesque right now I will definitely always just be like sure yes. sure <laughs> it's not like it's hard to get through it should be probably a little bit shorter it should be it should an be hour ch- and a half long it should yeah. be at least 40 minutes shorter yeah. other yeah. than that I, I that's the only knock I have against it honestly you know I mean, like, the script's terrible I, oh and the script is just atrociously but bad. what I do really love is <laughs> 
the relationship that Cher and Extina did create together. What I love is part of the reason why Cher said yes to doing this movie is because the casting director straight up told Cher that Extina said that she's so inspired by you that she would drink your bath water. And Cher thought that was hilarious. Wow. And the first time that she saw her on set and they immediately bonded. Oh, awesome. Extina even said, Cher definitely felt like my mama bear during shooting. In my experience of meeting and working with some of the greatest legends, the best ones usually are that way. They look out for you in a real way. And it was an honor to work alongside Cher. Oh, that's nice. She's truly an incredible woman and a force of nature. I respect Respect her talent, her no bullshit, genuine way of saying it as she sees it, making up her own rules and helping to pave the way for so many other women in generations to come. And I do appreciate that, of course, the younger one probably would feel that way. But Cher felt the same way back with her, that she was so that the, she first met Extina on set with like her kid on her hip, completely da- like down dressed and Cher fell in love with her realness as well and she of course is written in her twit speak so it is um all different kinds of caps it says about (laughs) me and ex tina didn't know her before number four but she worked her ass off she has my respect and a great deal of my love i wanted to help her in my heart i think i did (laughs) and i'm yelling because it's all in caps (laughs) and we'll we'll get to more of uh share's twitter feed in a little bit but yeah it is that's awesome to hear and honestly chris because i was so it's two huge people sometimes it doesn't work out very well was at the top i mean and i was expecting her to not be good in this movie at all and she totally holds it down we're gonna do an Extina. Yes. And I yes, sure. I only call her Extina. She's not a ma- hilarious. She's not spectacular. I think Cher is spectacular. Oh, I Cher think Stanley Tucci is yeah. spectacular. Yes. But a her singing performance is spectacular. And and um she totally but she is able to act across from them and she's not like just the No, like, she's charming as fuck yeah. in this movie. And and, yes. and I was really very pleasantly surprised. I I was I was expecting to hate watch a movie last night to be quite honest with you. And I was actually like I'm kind into this. And also, boing, 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 my boner got happy. <laughs> boner alert, boner everybody. Boner alert for less. <laughs> so the film was written and directed by Steve Anton, who started out acting notably as the bad guy preppy jock from the Goonies. Remember when he's driving oh, his fast really? car? Oh, yeah. And the kid's holding on to it. Yeah. He's like, stop, stop. It's that guy? Yes. And he was also Jesse in the video for Jesse's Girl. And he turned to writing in the 90s with the adaptation of the film Gloria and directing in the 2000s in the alts, including music videos for and film, including a doc about the group, the Pussycat Dolls. And uh, looking at and it was essentially a doc about them looking for their newest member to join or members to join like the audition process. And of course, obviously burlesque is based on that group's popularity. Anton's brother is the founder and his sister was a performer in the Pussycat Dolls. And I think that's why people might get confused when they see the name burlesque. And if they've ever been to a burlesque show, they're expecting one thing. And then you see what this show is. And it's to- that's that. Yeah. Makes what so- they're doing is not. They're really doing burlesque pussycat at all. dolls. Yeah. It's yes. almost burlesque, but it's like sexy dance n- numbers. Burlesque generally involves like removing clothing. Removing clothing. And, it's usually a solo performance yeah. thing. There's like comedy elements. Yeah. There's these. I think I it's mean, more sensual than it is flashy. Yeah. That's, a, I mean, I know that that's not obviously every burlesque performance, but that is, in my experience, yeah. I would say the difference. I it's, think it's more like, mm-hmm. it's more effective 
actively seductive yes. than just like, bam, thump, hump, hump, thrust, thrust, thrust. Jackie is- went from gri- gripping her breasts to then. <laughs> to humping the air. To then. <laughs> Air, hands in the air. Hands in the air. That that physical movement should describe it better than anything else. Yeah. So that <laughs> I think that is a part of why people are like, what the fuck? But but it makes so much more sense in the in the guise of But then like, also in the movie, she's dolls. like, This isn't too close to burlesque for me. I'm changing it to singing. Yes. <laughs> I got I know what these people want. They don't want just to see these sexy ass ladies fucking slamming it out in front of them. They want singing in the performances. <laughs> Honey, I should wash your mouth out with Jägermeister. And I will say, Christy Aguilera, especially in the beginning half hour, hour of this movie, her character is extremely annoying uh, and is constantly telling them how their yeah, show should go. Yeah, inappropriate with her boss. Yeah, they have clearly have a tenured uh, performance act. Oh, I would she, kick her ass on the street. Oh, yeah, Are you just, kidding me? I mean, I get, I get why Kristen Bell's kind of pissed about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, She's been there for a while. That, that was an interesting part for her. I did not expect that's like yeah I did not think Kristen Bell would be in that role and then Lexi Cabal? said she came up in musical theater though so yes. maybe that explains it better mm-hmm. like she probably did stuff like Chicago I, you don't usually like see her in like pasties and stuff right. she do the Charlie Brown musical if I'm mistaken what? was she Charlie Brown no you know what she was in Deadwood yes yeah. she was oh, was yes, she, she was. Deadwood she, she was. was it was like I think one of her first big roles whoa I don't remember she was her a kid in, in it she was oh, like, yeah. okay. oh my god, I'm the best. She was in Charlie Brown. Was she Charlie Brown? Yes, she was Charlie Brown himself. No, she, she wasn't. shaved her head bald for the part. <laughs> wow. No. Yeah. Brave. 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 <laughs> um, also, shout outs to Alan Cumming, who they who clearly they... could only get for two scenes. Very and that's funny. It like, looks like they took him from the cabaret set, put him in a box, wheeled him in the box to set, and he only sits in the box for the couple scenes he's yeah. in. It just yes. didn't take his makeup off from the other set. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. We do need to talk about You Haven't Seen the Last of Me, which is Shares big song in the middle of it, and it is a great um, looking into the mirror of who her character is. But it was also written by a longtime collaborator of Shares, Diane Warren. And Diane Warren wrote this song because she could see the similarities of what Cher obviously must be feeling in her Twilight saga of being a Cher and how she must feel owning the burlesque studio. So this is the song that would go on to win the best original song in the 2011 Golden Globes. Now, apparently Anton wanted to remove the song from the film, but Cher was the one that went up against him to make sure it stayed in And in her acceptance speech for the Golden Globe, Diane Warren thanked Cher for being an eternal badass who fought to get the song in the movie and keep the song in the movie. And Cher even released it as her first solo single since 2003's Love One Another. Now, Diane Warren went on to say, I got really inspired reading the script because that character is a lot like Cher. She's not a quitter. I rolled up my sleeves and wrote something really great. I wanted to write Cher's my way. When you think about Cher, she did do it her way. And she'll never go away. She makes a joke herself that at the end of the world, it'll be cockroaches and Cher. But I think she'll outlive the cockroaches. That's what I was aiming for. Thank you. (laughs) And she was so pissed that burlesque did not that the song did not go up for an oscar as well and she wrote in all caps we didn't get a nomination for best song 
that sucks. Diane's <laughs> song is beautiful. And also in all caps, the Golden Globe for best song and not even get nominated by the Oscars. Oh, well, it is what it is. The sun is still shining. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, quick little note about uh, Burlesque. I thought this was uh, kind of funny. This time, the difficult set wasn't due to any of the divas in, on, on the set. It was due to the director and the president of Screen Gems, which is the production company, because they happen to be boyfriends. Uh, and, oh, no. Yeah, so Anton is the director, but uh, Clint Culpepper also was on set at all times. It sounds also, like such an evil name. I know, Clint right? Clint Culpepper. The producer. It's like, it's like, you might as well make a movie about the making of Burlesque in the style of Burlesque. Yeah, you know I'll what I mean? the fuck out of it. Uh, which would be hilarious. Uh, but yeah, so Clint Culpepper constantly fought with Anton over apparently just everything to the point there was a lot of screaming. At one point, Culpepper poured an iced tea on Anton's head, which caused him to fall into a rack of clothes. And at one point, Cher just walked up to Clint Culpepper and said, Clint, I would like a calmer set. <laughs> Come on, doesn't that add to the, the spice of the movie of just a man falling into clothes? I love yes. it. I, again, we should make this movie. We'll just call it like Making of Burlesque. And we'll just be, you, you, you'll play Cher. Please. You'll play Christina Aguilera, Natalie. All right. Uh, uh, and it'll be fantastic. Uh, but either way. Don't call me ma'am. You know, I got that those those fucking belting throat <laughs> muscles. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, get a vo- we'll just get someone to do that, you know. Sweet Oh my god, I thought she was here. There it is. Um, Yeah, she does sound a little like Fat Albert. (laughs) Um, But I will say the big diva move for Cher, I love this. She She brought in her own editor. To, to edit her scenes because she was like, fuck this. That's a great diva movie. I love her. She got Peter Horness, who did work on The Fast and the Furious and the Harry Potter films, and she also got to do reshoots she herself requested. Yeah, Which is so unheard of, by the way, in the movie-making business. Like, there's no way would you ever be able to A, bring in your own editor, and B, request reshoots. That is completely Bring insane. a whole it's production perfect. crew in and everything. I love everything I love it. it. But also, this is so sweet. Apparently, she was super kind on set. And according to one member of the crew, uh, Cher gave almost everybody a rap gift. There's a thoughtful sense of otherness with Cher. She knows that lots of people are responsible for making her successful, uh, which I thought was really cool. And uh, yeah, she apparently, though, as you said before, not happy with the final product and therefore apparently did not promote it as well as she could. I think that's kind of her way of turning her back on something that she's not super into. She just kind of was light on promotion. Um, but she did have some success with those songs. But either way, uh, now we move into uh, some some uh, a couple more fun little tidbits and mainly the share show and her relationship with Bob Mackie. I will say before we get into that, she gets her hands and feet immortalized on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 2010. She released her 25th studio album in 2013 called Closer to the Truth. She went on her Dress to Kill tour in 2014, so no farewell, um, uh, which included 49 sold-out shows in North America, and but had to cancel dates after that due to an infection. This is my favorite tidbit. She, I forgot all about this. Yes. She collaborated with the Wu-Tang Clan on their album, Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. I love that she's credited as Bonnie Jo Mason, which, which was is one of the original na- uh, na- names that she went under. And there's only that was the Wu Tang album that there was only one copy made of it. It is the most expensive single. Is that album. the Martin Shkreli one? Yes, yes, oh. yes. Which but I did make it back from him though. Or? I think so. But I also love that Cher never commented on it, never openly confirmed that she was a part of it because this was part of keeping the guys. But she did tweet out Wu Tang Cher Clan. 
I love it. That is the coolest. That is, that that is, is the fucking the coolest shit ever. It's a nerdy thing, but the I like. Confirmation Wu Tang Share Clan. I am dying to hear this song now. Yes. I, 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 and the whole album, obviously, I've always been fascinated with that album, but. That is so cool. Well, that's uh, the job of a fucking idiot supervillain like Martin Shkreli. Yeah. Just deprive everybody Ugh. of anything fun. Uh, of course. Yes. But we'll do an episode on him soon. Ew, Ew. yuck. <laughs> yuck forever. And, and the last thing I have is her three-year residency in Vegas opened in 2017 called Classic Share. I'm sure that that got stopped due to COVID. Can we talk about, I love how much it sounds like the shit show. Can we talk about the share? It doesn't show? sound like the shit show, Holden. <laughs> I hate that for us. No, this is where we're talking about the share show. It does jump ahead a little bit to 2018. However, I'm here to talk about if one man can be credited to helping guide the flamboyant style of share, it's Bob Mackie. So you just brought up the uh, Dress to Kill tour. That was around a time period when Cher and Bob Mackie actually had a falling out because he was too busy to do the costumes for it. And he has done most of her costumes since the beginning of Cher. And she was pissed off about it. But don't worry, they made up in time to work together to uh, create the style for the Cher show, where Bob Mackie also is a character in the Broadway show. So that was in 2018. The musical shows three stages of Cher's life and uses three actresses to portray her. I love the names of them, and this makes sense. We should have referred to all three of our parts of the show as Babe, Lady, and Star. Yes. And I love that, like, it really does show how she grew in her own career. But let's start at the beginning of when Bob Mackie first met Cher, which was on the set of the Carol Burnett show that Mackie was the costume designer. We mentioned that uh, in that episode. He, uh, one of his big classic ones for that was her giant uh, curtain dress. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that right. was a Bob Mackie original. And oh uh, yeah, fantastic. It's, I mean, come on. The Carol Burnett show is fantastic for, the best. Lo- for serving up fucking looks. Oh, oh yeah. God. And that was all Bob Mackie. And they were both in their 20s at the time. And um, Bob Mackie says one of his mantras is, I make clothes for the woman who is not afraid to be noticed. When we design the costumes for Cher, it has nothing to do with fashion. It has nothing to do with anything but the fact that we are attempting to present to the world this creature in her own right. Cher says, Bob changed my entire life. Without him, I would have been a peacock without feathers. So in 1967, Bob Mackie and Cher met when Sonny and she were guests on The Carol Burnett Show. He says, when I met Cher, I don't know, I just thought she was the cutest thing ever. And then I looked at her figure. And I mean, I thought, oh my goodness, she's like a model. She's so beautiful and so unusual. And so that's kind of how it started. The producers didn't know what to do with Cher. And I said, she could be anything. She doesn't look like all the blonde girls with the beehive hairdos and the flips that are out here now. She's a whole different kind of a girl. And she could be anything. She started appearing and wearing kind of, you know, slinky clothes because her body was perfect and she could wear anything. You could expose practically anything. It was amazing. So we just started doing crazy stuff on her. When I first started doing Cher, these starlets were coming out of the woodwork. They'd want me to do a dress something like Cher's and I'd just say, you're not Cher. 
As a designer, I tried to be part of the production, come up with ideas, and it worked. I must say, she's still doing it. She's still wearing her warrior goddess outfits right and left. Love it. So it's crazy. They met. She was 19 years old, and she met someone that saw her as a muse, and then it really wasn't, it wasn't yucky. It was something that they just created this beautiful, over her entire career, friendship and one of the things that they really got along together with is that Cher says Bob and I are both perfectionists when it comes to fit we're never satisfied until every inch is perfect and then Mackie said one of our rules and tenets of doing things especially for people like Cher is it can be camp and it can be large flowers and wonderful things but it must be beautifully made it's no good if it's casually made all the things we've made for share over the years are all hand embroidered beaded whatever wonderful pieces that look gorgeous in the hand as well as on the body the gap go fuck yourself go fuck yourself and i love it too because bob maggie he always would be upset when he said somebody said she was like my very own barbie doll but share is different than that all of a sudden, every girl that had a good-sized nose and dark hair, they had somebody to idolize. There hasn't been a girl like Cher since Dietrich or Garbo. She's a high-fashion star who appeals to people of all ages. She can stand there in the wildest garb and get away with it. She has a sense of humor about her clothes as well as a sexy, glamorous feeling. It's a good influence. I just love their relationship. I'm not even getting into any... Please look up, if you just put in Cher and Bob Mackie, the insane costumes that he has created for her for all of of her most iconic looks, it's all Bob Mackie. I mean, it's definitely undeniable that he gave her an edge in, in the the film world and in popular culture. Mm-hmm. I, she's incredible on her own, but I think it really shot her into the stratosphere that have those outfits. He did that wild Oscar look too, yes. right? Which was in itself this massive statement against the Academy this kind of big fuck you to to the Academy Awards. It was a tiny two-piece yeah. in a way that influenced everything. Yeah. It's just so beautiful. And so that is why Bob Mackey is a full character in her career in life in the Broadway show, The Cher Show. So Stephanie J. Block, who was the lead actress in it, won the Tony for The Cher Show. And Bob Mackey won the Tony for costume design for a musical. That was in 2018. This shit's still going on. That they've been working together her entire life. How do you recreate something? That's why she was so pissed at the dress for guilt. She's like, who's going to design for me? You're the one that designs for me. But that's also a diva thing because he's a very busy man. Yep. And um, I just really, I get really excited about those kind of collaborators that it had really nothing to do with, like, he wasn't using her and she wasn't using him. Right. They elevated each other. Right. And that's a beautiful thing to see. When you get excited about it, do you ever go, Mama Mia? Always. <laughs> here, and then I go, here I come again. Here I go, oh, we go. Oh, oh my oh, goodness. Oh, all right. She's, like, all right. she's splashing it that out right now. That was a flawless segue. Thank, thank you. Well, thank you so oh, much. Well, here we go again, right? Um, but I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> she did. Um, use well, thank you, thank you. <laughs> she did the sequel to Mamma Mia, of course. Uh, she comes in right at the end. He, she hilariously plays uh, Meryl Streep's character's grand, uh, uh, Meryl Streep's character's mother and Sophie's grandmother, even though she is uh, three years older than Meryl Streep. Yes, so and I love it too. That apparently, she and Meryl Streep, which of course we talked about this last episode, were good friends, yes. and they both thought they both thought it was hilarious that she was playing her mother. And I appreciate that because you think of two divas that they'd be like, 
I'm not her mother. I'm not playing her mother. And if there's one thing that I feel like, even though Cher had all the plastic surgery and everything, I do feel that she owns being a powerful older woman. Sure. Yeah. And uh, writer-director O. Parker explained this whole situation by saying, Cher exists outside of time. She does. Jackie, <laughs> I'd play your mother in a movie. Would you? Yeah. Oh, my God. You do look just like Linda. I, I think that's it. Should I tell that to Henry? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you have, God. They have the same <laughs> tattoos, everything. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Actually, it's kind of nice. I don't think you could look any further from my mother or me, so it really works out I'll great still play your mom. Okay. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Great. I do just love how every, how thrilled everybody was to see Cher in the movie, but also the cast. Colin Firth even said, the anticipation that we were going to meet Cher made the air crackle. I actually wonder what it felt like for her because we were all rather awestruck. And of course she steals the show with her performance it just, of the song. She comes in and she just goes, Grandma! And she's so <laughs> Dude, I read, the, by the way, go. I forget the website it was, but if you just look up uh, Mamma Mia Cher review uh one one hilarious writer just wrote a review of her in mamma mia here we go again and disregarded the whole rest of the movie and literally like the very first paragraph is just a picture of her foot as because that's the first thing you see and it's like all of a sudden the film opens up with the sight of just the mere image of Cher's foot coming into this it's so funny and uh but either way uh she does kill it with her her uh her performance song fernando and Fernando and uh, and she also did personally ask when they said you will have a love interest in it and she goes who is it and they said Andy Garcia and she was very excited about <laughs> oh, it nice. so she was completely into Andy Garcia but this all of this is a bit of a shock because Cher was very open about the fact that she didn't like Abba. After my own heart, she I was like Abba. a surprised that you said that, but B, I also do not like Abba. Apologies. She doesn't like the music, or she doesn't like the people. This is the thing. So both Abba and Sonny and Cher ended because of divorce. Despite mm. this, the goddess of pop told Entertainment Tonight she wasn't much of a fan of the Swedish quartet. She says, "I wasn't a big fan of Abba in the '70s. Benny Anderson took the girls and used them like." instruments she saw a similarity between this situation and her own career sunny used to do that to me he would carve out a place for them in the songs and they would fit in that little place but he didn't give them space to sing the way they might have wanted to so her real difficulty with the group was knowing that Benny Anderson mm. took advantage of the women in the group and that it was a very contentious group. So she didn't say anything about not liking the music. Ah, so I do feel that it is part of her gaining her own feelings back that when she went in to record Fernando for the movie, she also recorded a separate version of Fernando for her ABBA 
covers album, which she then releases <laughs> after Mamma Mia. Here we go again. I will say to Bjorn Oveas of ABBA, it was quoted to say, she makes Fernando her own. It's her song, song now. now. They gave it over to, and both, and, and Benny Anderson also said, she's a wonderful storyteller. She can have that. We went to uh, the ABBA museum in Stockholm because does <laughs> Stockholm have an ABBA museum? Yes, it does. <laughs> And uh, it is this. Their story's creepy and kind of weird, and I, I, it's a little disquieting. Like, <laughs> but uh, my question is, where's the share museum? Because I'll go to that. Oh yeah. Oh yes, hands down. Well, I think, but she does. Um either donate her clothes for charity or sells them for charity. Mm. So I don't even know what they would include. So there's just a bunch of homeless people walking around and shares costumes. No, I think it's I a think bunch so. of rich assholes. Rich assholes. <laughs> but also, they take that money and put it into one of her, which we will get to, many organizations yeah. that she runs. Yes, we have. We definitely have some more stuff to cover for sure. But either way, uh, Dancing Queen is the I Buy Cover album that was released in 2018. We're starting to catch up. To this year of our Lord, 2021 here. It's starting to happen. Um, And also, the Cher show, by the way, uh, the jukebox musical we already talked about, um, that did, it got a decent run on Broadway, and it was supposed to get a touring production, but that was postponed due to COVID. So hopefully, we'll all get to see it uh, in a town near us eventually, maybe in 2022. That would be very exciting. I would definitely go check that out. Oh my God, yes. Uh, Shall we speak upon... Sharon Chaz. Yes, I would love that because I actually really was, I wanted to know more about their relationship because it always surprised me that Cher was so vocally against um, Chaz originally as coming out uh, as a lesbian as well as Chaz revealing uh, publicly that he is transgender and Cher is an avid supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. And it was, I think, weird for the public as well. And I never really understood until I really started looking into this. So Chaz elaborated, and Chaz is also very vocal about the relationship between him and his mother and how it has changed over the years. He says, my mother is a gay icon, yet she wasn't over the moon when I came out as a lesbian in 1995. I wasn't surprised by her reaction. In fact, I knew it was going to be bad. Chaz explained why Cher reacted by throwing him out of the house and said, partly due to the fact that everybody else knew and she didn't. She felt hurt. Her feelings got hurt and she was unhappy that I was gay. A big part of it, I think, is that she felt foolish that everybody else knew. And I think that that is an interesting part of, obviously we don't get into Cher's obvious issues, uh, mental illness problems that she has to deal with as a diva how are you not narcissistic right how do you not at least show those tendencies and that makes a lot that alone makes so much sense of she was the last one to find out yeah and she was more upset originally that Chaz told the public before he had a conversation with her about it and that's what she was more openly upset about that alone makes so much but sense. But I, I like that she owns it, and I like Completely. that she she also, um, she's just so who she is that she even corrects reporters when they say, like, and then you accepted Chaz immediately. And she's just like, no, actually. She said, look, I didn't handle Chaz's coming out all that well in the beginning. It took me a minute because you've been with a child for 40 years, and then all of a sudden it changes. And what I think is there's such a fear of losing the child you love and what will replace that child. And I totally understand that. But I 
also like that she owns it. She could have just kept her mouth shut when people uh, in interviews, right? And just been like, yeah, I was such a number one about it. I was so great about it. And instead she does... I appreciate adding that to the conversation, especially in a, in a social landscape where it feels like everybody needs to immediately follow these unwritten rules and immediately be this type of person. And sometimes it takes people a second to come around and open up, and that's okay, too, right. as long and as they it, can and, come around. And, and also acknowledging that people have the right to change and they can learn and yes. grow and that you don't have to bury them forever because yeah. they didn't understand something right. a long time ago. And Chaz and Cheryl, I mean, yes, they worked on their relationship as well. And that's part of how their relationship has changed over time is that Chaz really realized that Cher only gained respect and admiration for him because he said, fuck what you think I need to be. I'm going to go be me and live my life better for myself. Yeah. And that's what Cher completely respects. And, and just immediately saw how much happier Chaz was yes. as a man. Cher said, it's like I woke up in the morning and I wasn't me anymore and I didn't feel like me and I couldn't be me. I would just be beyond grief stricken. And that's what I have to tell a mother or father. You are who you are, but how would you feel if you were someone else and you couldn't be that someone else? Mm. That's how I had to get it and well, I think it's a great way to put, put the whole trans situation it's actually similar to a conversation that I've had with my own mother where she is my mom has really been trying to understand the the idea behind because she's 70 years old yeah the the idea of what transgender people feel and what they go through and and it made me think of Cher where Cher's like, I've just always known I was a woman. Right. right. And I didn't understand how someone else could feel differently. Right. But who am I to put that on him? Mm. Who am I to say what I need you to be? And I do love that, that like you said, Holden, it's a part of the conversation that it should be. Yeah. yeah. Because older people, it's like, it is difficult. It doesn't mean that she's forever going to be against it. She's right. allowed to struggle with the fact and to learn because, again, right. this was... 10 years ago, which was, it was more of a new public thing that people were actually accepting and talking about, which is sad that it wasn't that long ago. No, it definitely wasn't right. long ago. But, but it really but did I will change. say, unfortunately, in uh, 2021, um, just a few weeks ago, she did storm the Capitol building. And it is yep. very... No, but I'm just kidding. She's she, learned a lot. She, you know, she said since then, she's really learned a lot and she's grown. <laughs> she's in jail now. Uh, no, no, no. She she actually is hilariously... She has some really great... I didn't r r write any of them down, but she has great uh, <laughs> opinions about our former president. Uh, very upset. She was <laughs> very upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very outspokenly upset, yes, I will say. And uh, I agree with all, all, pretty much everything she says about that. Mm -hmm. And speaking of that, speaking let's of get social into media, yes. Yeah. So, so Cher, I feel like Cher was doing the the thing before Dionne Warwick, beyond before like even you know Chrissy Teigen, before these big like Twitter phenomenon people. She really was the first person that was like this big celebrity. I mean, I'm sure there were others at the time, but the, this big celebrity that was just so funny on Twitter and just completely figured out how to work this new type of media because she shares. She's she, she's a funny person. Yeah, she's, she's a dynamic. funny person. She is who she is, and she just knows how to work with the sea changes of media so fucking and well. And learns things, even though everything is in caps, but I think yes. it's very funny. I think it works. Yeah. The New York Times writer Jenna Wortham commended Cher on her social media usage, saying, most celebrity social media feeds feel painfully self-aware and mm. thirsty. 
in her own way, Cher is an outlier, perhaps the last unreconstructed high-profile Twitter user to stand at her digital pulpit and yell somewhat incomprehensibly and be rewarded for it. Online, authenticity and originality are often carefully curated myths. Cher thrives on a version of nakedness and honesty that is rarely celebrated in the public eye. I mean, and sometimes she writes things Things like something is space, 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 amiss, space, space, space with iPad. And that is a tweet of hers. <laughs> so this is starting back in 2015. That's why I say she's kind of an OG. Like This is starting in 2012. Oh, wow. That's yeah, 2012. Yeah. Wow. She wrote the, the tweet, what's going on with my career? My career, one word, <laughs> August 18th, 2012. <laughs> I love someone posted a picture. So mysterious. Someone posted a picture from an old magazine shoot asking her when, the, when it was taken. And she replied, when... Dinosaurs roamed the earth. <laughs> she also talks about her love of cake. Um, and as I said, hilariously knocks our former president and as, of course, a big supporter of animal rights and gets a lot of that information out through Twitter, which I super appreciate. But then sometimes she just writes, oh, shit. Gummy bears, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about this in our live show when we got into the rift between Cher and Madonna. Mm. I loved it when she just wrote, WTF is MDMA. And then um, oh, yes, I forgot about right. Yes. Uh, and she was, which is so Madonna's funny. current album. And then she continued to write, I got a colonic. How did you celebrate Madonna's birthday? <laughs> Dude, that got I such big. about this. <laughs> <laughs> that got such big laughs in our live show too. Like oh what just WTF is MDMA was such oh, a good WTF is MDMA, but then it's just breaking news emoji. I'm being buried in my fishnets. <laughs> I'm yelling all of this because they're all yeah. in capitals. iPad freezing up. Maybe it's overwhelmed. Maybe it just realized a fabulous diva was touching it. Can't really blame it. Snap out of it. Um, so I, this is also it. another one. Just because I can't spell or know grammar doesn't mean I don't know many things. <laughs> History, ancient religion, war could go on, but I'd be a pain. She's like, she's like good Trump. She's like, she is. Right? It, it has similar more. syntax, but it's way funnier yes. and uh, not shitty. Not at all. as uh, destructive this, to society. Yeah, not just just a weapon against society. Someone tweeted at her, all in caps, <laughs> why are you always yelling? And she responded, I'm not yelling, I'm Cher. <laughs> <laughs> and Cher is also an incredible philanthropist. There's so many things she's done. Jackie, I just want you to read her tweets on like, Patreon. Or you can just read it. While we do th philanthropy, because it is technically a little more boring, if you want to just pop tweets in there. Oh, sure, 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 sure. So back in 1990, after playing the mother of Rocky Dennis in Mass, she became a national chairperson an honorary spokesperson for the Children's Craniofacial Association. She plans annual treats, uh, rich. She plans annual retreats for families of children with these facial conditions, which have taken place all over the U.S. It's a way for them to just get together to share, you know, just cleaned glasses drawers. <laughs> um, she also, it's crazy because I, again, in looking through all of this stuff, didn't realize how much share is a philanthropist yeah. and doesn't really, really bring it up that I mean, much. Down to the fact when she did Suspect, this is from last week's or the last episode, Meryl Streep was also had a huge commitment to environmental causes. And so while she was doing Suspect in Washington, D.C., um, Cher 
created a friendship with homeless activist Mitch Snyder down to the point that she took time off from her tour to attend his funeral after he committed suicide. But he was working to help. She was working to help the um, homeless situation while working in the places that she goes to. And during the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, she campaigned to raise money for helmet liners to reduce brain injuries suffered by U.S. troops. Aww. In 2007, Cher became the primary supporter of the Peace Village School in Yukunda, Kenya, which provides nutritious food, medical care, education, and extracurricular activities for more than 300 orphans and vulnerable children. Oh. Uh, since her father is Armenian, uh, she traveled to the war-torn country in 1993 where she distributed medical supplies, books, and toys, met with the president there, all that good stuff. And of course, uh, being the gay icon she is, she has fought hard against AIDS as part of the group Keep a Child Alive, which provides medicine to children and families of HIV AIDS, big outspoken person from the very beginning of that. Um, and for her birthday back in 2004, she had her tour group raise and donate money to Habitat for Humanity. And she visited the construction site and met with the family she gave a home to, which is very sweet. And she did tweet in all caps about that as well. Uh, she, <laughs> Can anyone see me? <laughs> she donated 180,000 bottles of drinking water to Flint, Michigan during the water crisis. That's still uh, happening currently. Oh, yeah, 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 I know, right? It's like, that's still a thing, right? Yep. And uh, most yep. recently, she fought for the resettlement of, is it Kavan? Kavan, but also, it's not even just French. She created an entire international animal rights campaign called Free the Wild in 2017. And she released it at the One Young World Summit in Bogota. So the campaign focuses on freeing animals kept in captivity or transferring them to better equipped zoos. Oh, She's working... Good hands-on traveling around the world during the pandemic. Yeah, she's, she was in Is she carrying Cambodia. the lions and stuff herself? Yeah, I mean, she's like up with that elephant for well, sure. Well, it's because the thing is that they said that like, okay, sure, 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 we'll take the money. We'll rehouse the, lo they referred to as the Lonely's Elephant. She fucking went there. Yeah. And Aww. made sure that it happened. Yeah. So this is, she's, I remember, I think I made a joke in page seven, in one of the articles I sent out, I was like, oh, great. There's all this stuff going on, but don't worry. Cher's saving elephants. But Cher's saving elephants. Yeah. You know, it's like she is doing. Because elephants are amazing. They are. And she just, she goes to her Twitter feed to learn about new things that need to be dealt with. And she said, she said that working with these animals is one of her biggest pleasures. And she said, kids on my Twitter tell me about everything. They tell me about things that are bothering them and they see if it bothers me. People are hurting in major ways in my country and all over the world. If a problem comes to you and you can do something about it, you just must, you know? We have fame. We have money. It's what we should be doing. And so it's not just she just like gives it out. She's hands on. And these are just some of the things that she has done throughout her career. She's been working and donating money, but it's part of the reason why I think that she has struggled with money issues again and again and reinventing herself is that she is not one to just sit on her stuff. She yeah. is trying to help other people. She does what she can. What else is the point of having the money? It's just, that's I love that. And yeah. that's how she truly feels. And I think that there's something very admirable about that. And I know that obviously she could be doing more, but I appreciate 
the fact that she is, you know, it's like in the same way that we talk about Dolly Parton, yeah. that they don't have to do these things, right. but they choose to do these things. And I the, like, thank you, Cher. The Cher Cares Pandemic Resource and Response Initiative, uh, most recently with, with COVID, uh, uh, the initial plan was to distribute a million dollars to, quote, chronically neglected and forgotten people, Aww. end quote, during the pandemic, and has since pushed to get more money out there to those in need. And yes, yeah, so she's currently working with Free the Wild to help free Billy the Elephant in the L.A. Zoo. Hey, it's me, Billy. He said he's been here. He's been by himself for 18 years and he just rocks. She says he's had a nervous breakdown. And she said elephants are very much like us, even though it's hard to think of it that way. They have families and they cry and they're just lovely. And And dolphins rape. They They do. Well, that's why she's not helping the dolphins. She's helping the goddamn elephants. Wait, it's at the L.A. Zoo? Yes. I thought the L.A. Zoo was like halfway decent. I think that they are, but in this case, they have the loneliest elephant. So she's fighting with the L.A. Zoo currently and they were lying and said, and now they're having a hard time and it looks like they might have a chance of saving Billy the Elephant. And Cher herself is the one that is working on those things. Also, I love this quote because it's so refreshing. I mean, Jackie, I think, can commiserate with me on this, how obnoxious celebrities have been through the pandemic and the, the way that they, you know, Ellen saying she feels like she's in a prison in her giant mansion. She's, she's, yeah, she's this is a quote up. from Cher about the pandemic. For me, it's not a hardship. It's incredibly easy, and I don't feel like I'm suffering in any kind of way. Be open about it! My friends come over and look in the window so I can see them. One of my kids, her son Elijah, who's 43, lives here with his wife, and I talk to my mom on the phone or go see her through her back window. For once, a celebrity is literally saying, it's actually not that bad because I understand how good I have it. (laughs) And and if I was Cher's kid, I would live in her mansion. Yeah. Totally, that's I just great. stay there. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Um, I have some quotes to finish out. No more factoids from me. Uh, Jackie, do you have any big, you know, kind of knowledge bits to throw at us before we uh, close this out with some fun quotes? I just feel like there was one other thing that I wanted to say and then I shelved it and I was like, oh, I'll come well, back. Well, you can say the breasts point. on my back quote. You um, haven't done that one yet. I haven't done that one yet. There was just one <laughs> other thing I fucking forget. Forget, I forget. No, continue. Was it about burlesque too? Who I knew? Wish. I fucking <laughs> wish. <laughs> Who knew this was burlesque? Who knew that anyone would want to watch it again? Uh, <laughs> honestly, though, if you haven't seen burlesque and you just want a good old dumb musical time, just you, you can't you can't do a lot worse. No, it's fun. It's very other fun. than like the uh, the guy who kidnaps her and he makes it cute. Yes, and then, the uh, guy. They yeah, call yeah. each other sluts a lot, but yeah, it's an all the good fun. All that good stuff. And God, some... I love art in any form. <laughs> Gotta go take a bath. <laughs> <laughs> so when asked to clarify a comment she made in the past, she made this comment. A man is not a necessity. A man is a luxury. I love it. She's, I love this quote. She said, my mom said to me, you know, sweetheart, one day you should settle down and marry a rich man, Cher recalls. I said, mom, mom I, I am, am a rich, rich man. man. <laughs> um, do you want to do the plastic surgery uh, quote? If I want to put my tits <laughs> on my back, that's nobody's business but my own. Yes. <laughs> Sing it out, Cher. About her, she said she's like really, her voice has changed through the years, but she's worked so hard to preserve it and keep it. She said, I've worked my whole life to keep my strength in my body. There are 20-year-old girls who can't do what I do. Damn straight. And that's how does right. she do it? She She says she only drinks soda. 
Um, but she has no other caffeine besides it. No drinking, no drugs. Oh, she man. works out every day. Uh, she stays hydrated. That's uh, how she says the key to everlasting. But she loves a Dr. Pepper every yeah. once in a while. I, uh, I, I'm pretty much out then because I need, oh, I need done. wine to survive. You're close frankly. to that, Natalie. Though. Yeah, just I drink a lot of white wine. wine. I'll tell you. Um, either way, uh, it's better than IPAs, which I am currently addicted to. Uh, she also said these. I have these are my last couple of quotes, and I do love them as I think it sums up just how great she is. She said, I love standing on the stage and singing. The feeling you have in your body when you sing, it's big, no matter how small you are. You just feel like you can fill everything, and I pretty much can. And when asked what gives her the most pleasure in life, she said, making people happy. It sounds corny, but I mean it. I love being able to take an audience and move them to a different place. I love that. I'm and sad I love you, Sharon. Are I'm you, sad that this is done. I, I love like, share. I feel like it'd be in a TBD, but you can probably do share four because she's gonna have a whole nother transformation in her age. Seriously, I, 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 the Britney Spears episode. I was like, release me from this. Yes, yeah, but that was so tragic. And, yeah, and this is so fun. I mean, just to get to, like to get to sit down and watch. Uh, you know, mask and burlesque and uh, mermaids, like so many great pieces. Like tea from Mussolini. I guess don't you dare, I guess Maggie Smith. First, <laughs> either way, but I guess there's no songs in that song. Fascist Italy. <laughs> oh, Mussolini, but uh, either way. <laughs> So many great songs, so many great albums to go back to. We hope you've enjoyed uh, walking through this memory lane with us. Check out all of her stuff on Spotify. It's so important to support. I'm very proud of her. I'm proud that she, I I say no EGOT loophole, EGOT, EGOT. She got EGOT. She got EGOT. And I think she actually could <laughs> potentially still tech, get a true EGOT uh, if she so wanted to. She just has to walk out yeah, onto a Broadway. Onto a Broadway. She just needs to say that's it and if we she give gets her an egot and she has that musical they, there has to be a new term for it yeah like an official term egotot egotit it. Egot it. Egot all right it. i'm brain dead um i think we've covered it thank you so much everybody for joining us for our share series three welcome parts to um and welcome to the rest of your lives you're you're released from share but uh we hope that don't ever be fully released you'll no. ne- yeah you'll never be fully released it's like a s- snake she is like a snake but in a good way because snakes way. are cool snakes are rad i love them uh, even though my wife is morally wife terrified, is of petrified of them. I love them too. It's so frustrating. I would totally have a snake. Like All right, I we gotta get snakes. out of here. We All love right. you guys. Thank <laughs> you for listening. Check us out patreon.com forward slash page seven podcast. Check me out on twitch.tv forward slash holdenators ho, Jackie. I'm Jackie Zabrowski. You can follow me at Jack That Web on Instagram. Natalie. I'm the Daddy Jean on all the stuff, and I got a new show coming out this month called Someplace Underneath. So keep an eyeball. Check it out. Awesome, dude. Um, and we'll be back real soon with more pop, pop history. Pop, 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 pop history. <laughs> this show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Hold up. 